and welcome to Reliving My Youth. My name is Noel Fogelman. This is our 100th episode. I still can't believe we've gotten this far. I just want to thank everyone who has listened to the podcast, even if just one episode. Thank you so much. Your support means a lot to me. When I started this almost two years ago, never in my wildest dreams did I think I would even get to 10 episodes, let alone 99 and now 100. Thank you so much. Uh, I still can't believe that I've gotten the guests that I've gotten on the show. I mean, right off the bat, Ken Johnson, the creator of V, that was so much fun. Mike Linup from Level 42, one of its founding members, such a big fan of the band, and to speak with him was a real treat. The list goes on and on. I mean, Bill Conti created the Rocky music and Karate Kid. I've had Karate Kid members on the show. I mean, Martin Cove I spoke to. I spoke to Sean Kanan. And it, it's great. And it just, today is no different. Richard Tyson, the great Richard Tyson, one of the most intense actors out there. You know him as Buddy Ravel from Three O'Clock High, Kindergarten Cop, the Farrelly Brother movies. He great guy and I haven't heard too many interviews with him so it was a real treat and honor that he came on with me we had a great conversation he shared some great stories there are a lot of things that you'll be surprised about Richard because you just look at him you might have some preconceived notions throw those out the window super guy and once again thank you so much for making the past 99 episodes a big success and so much fun for me and Check out past episodes. If this is your first episode with the show, welcome. There might be something for you. If there's not, just check out one episode. You'll discover a ton of great music and some actors as well. You may not know their work. You may not have remembered them, but check them out. And here's my conversation with Richard. And once again, thank you so much. And helping me relive my youth today is Richard Tyson. Richard, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. It's great. I'm yeah. glad you're in the snow and not me. Oh, oh God, please. Um, soon, <laughs> soon enough, I'm sure. Yeah. So what? Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So where are you right now? I'm in Mobile, Alabama, mate. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. So yeah. So, so like, what? An Australian redneck? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty close. Right. Most Australians are. No, I think that's a compliment. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> but um, yeah, before we look back, I just wanted to talk about. I, I just watched uh, Death Kiss uh, oh. this week, and uh, yeah, great job. You uh, you were definitely um, you took your intimidation to a whole new level in that role. But wow. the yeah. the actor that they got to play the stranger, Robert Kovacs. Oh my God, it's Charles Bronson. Yeah, I felt like I did a movie with Charles Bronson, you know. Right. Uh, and uh, with the director, I could always play the, you know, the skinny-eyed, you know, with a mustache, Charles Bronson. And we were planning on making, like, four movies. Right. Well, he went to Spain and discovered this guy. And I'm like, I'm out now, man. He goes, well, you play <laughs> the bad guy. I said, but I'm out. And he goes, well, look, let me send you a picture of me. And I'm like, okay, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> the doppelganger. Uh, yeah, oh my god, and it, you know, even like, you know, sounded like him a little bit too, so it was like, wow, it was, uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a quick watch for anybody, um, so can you, like, look at barbecue sauce the same way again? <laughs> now, come on, it doesn't stick with you like that, it's just, yeah. come <laughs> yeah. on, you know, right. I've had some roles where it took a while to get over, you know, like I played Genghis Khan for a year in Russia in a miniseries with Charlton Heston and Pat Morita, and my father, I was able to bring him and my brother over, they're both bigger than I, and it's, like, it's so nice you could bring them over, I'm like, right. I'm not going without him, are you kidding me, <laughs> he's big bastard, <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah, what was it like working with, uh, Char- with, uh, uh, with Charlton Heston? Man, it was it was you know, obviously uh, yeah, uh, you know just a, a, an event for the lifetime. You know, I mean he was uh, you know he asked me an acting question. I'm like, wait a minute, you asking me? Yeah, <laughs> he's supposed to stab uh, the uh, the seat where we were sitting. Our our two best warriors are fighting each other. If mine wins. He will back me with his army, and if uh, his wins, he will just let me do it on my own as a young Genghis Khan. 
And right. he goes, he stabbed it into the chair. He says, goes, oh, yeah, I will do this because I am the Christian con. And he asked me, should I stab first and then say it or stab right at the same time because I am the Christian con or or because I am the Christian con, and the last one. I said the last one. He never did the last one. <laughs> Why ask me, Charlton? Why? Right. You know, but no, no, it was just an honor to uh, meet him and work with him. Uh, he dies in my arms. And, you know, no one's ever seen uh, Genghis Khan. It was a miniseries. It was supposed to come out. It never has. It was, it was an Italian production, and... It still sits in a vault in Rome somewhere, and I used to joke, I said, you know, if I pass before it comes out, we just slide me in next to it, you know, vault in Rome's not bad. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, you, but you also had a, a movie, right, with uh, Roddy, Roddy Piper that never came out, too, right? Oh, yeah, man. Roddy Piper was the best ever, man. I, You know, I feel like... uh you know, he's my best friend, but he makes everyone feel like that, you know? Right. And, uh, yeah, we we were doing this movie. Uh, do you know the Gaelic word for uh, the devil? I don't know. No. The the lead singer from Corn was playing the devil. And we okay. Two, I can't remember his name either, but uh, we were two dirty Harrys in the same car, <laughs> me and Roddy Piper. And, I mean, time of my life, you know, working with that guy. Uh, I wrote a TV show. I don't know if you can find it, but it's called The Detectives. Okay. And me and Roddy shot uh, an eight-minute scene, and it was really great. Uh, we want to mutate it. We're talking about changing uh, a few things to make it up. Uh, a show called Bama P.I. Instead of Magnum P.I. It's right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, instead of Maseratis and yachts, we have shrimp boats and pickup trucks. <laughs> but I do want to emphasize that we do have yachts and Maseratis. Not as common as L.A., but uh, we do. I, I had a manager in L.A. I, I told him I was going to have my knee fixed when I went back for the holidays. And, and, Mo, and he goes, in Mobile? I'm like, yeah. Is he going to have your leg operated on in Alabama? Right. Is he going to we don't have doctors, you son of a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> and so I want Bama PI. Did you see Entourage? Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, man. I, I binge watched it two Februarys ago, and I'm like, that's what I want for the Gulf Coast from – from the French Quarter all the way from Biloxi with the, you know, they have 30-something casinos in Biloxi now. In Biloxi, Mississippi. Wow. And then it's Mobile, and then it's Pensacola and uh, Panama City, Florida. That's the Gulf Coast. Some people call it the Redneck Riviera. Right. <laughs> and you probably will. Yes. But, but uh, like Entourage, no one... Uh, you were just in the Hollywood scene, you know, and nothing had to happen, but you were just, it's so good to be there and to understand it a little bit. And I, I just would like to open up the Gulf Coast to the rest of the world and realize that we're in the 21st century also. Right. Cause I, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of, like, misconceptions about that area. Certainly. I, I had a, a good friend of mine and his wife would do packages for movies. And I sent, I sent, I said, why don't you do Bama P.I.? Just do the poster. Right. He sent it back, and my character was missing a tooth, <laughs> had a piece of grass in his mouth, and I right. pulled back. It's like, wait a minute, that's why we're doing this. Yeah. Because everyone thinks that's what it is. Right. We're part of America, damn it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, well, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, it'll be, it'll be made. I'll, I'll definitely watch it. <laughs> All right, yeah. Um, yeah. We're trying to put it together now, actually. Yeah. So as long as you get, like, a turtle-type character who's Australian, right? <laughs> <laughs> We're in Australia, north and south. Oh, yeah, I, I, have, no, I have no idea. So uh... no, no, I came down with uh, several of my friends from New York uh, years ago, 
And as we're flying out, they go, what war? <laughs> what war? The Civil War? No, World War Two? You know, Vietnam? No, the Civil You know, it's like, God. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so let me ask you how, how you originally you got into acting. You know, I got into acting. You don't have time for that. <laughs> uh, I, I do a one-man show on that. It takes forever. Uh, let me see. Well, I, I did get on the bus with a hundred dollars to go be in right. the movies. Yeah. Uh, my brother handed me my ticket. Says, "Look, there's 47 people and your mother to go see you go be in the movies. You better do it." He played for Bear Bryant at Alabama. Big guy. Okay. I said, "Adrian, first of all, that's 48 people. Your mother's a person." <laughs> no, but uh. A lot of build up before then, I guess. Uh, I did a children's theater. I was just in school. I was playing baseball. They said I was ineligible for a whole year. Oh wow! I had to wait a whole year. Now the years come pretty fast, you know. Right. But uh, I ended up the lead in the play, and I did this children's theater, and and I knew I, I wanted to change from political science to uh, theater. My uh, senator father was like, unbelievable. Are you kidding me? You know, but <laughs> right. I, I, and he goes, look, uh, uh, I, you know, I believe in you. He thought, later I talked to him uh, when I left, $100. He goes, I thought you'd be back in two months and we'd go ahead and make you congressman. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yeah, well, I'm yeah. Uh, doing my own stuff now anyway. Right. Yeah, how good a baseball player were you? What's that? How good a baseball player were you? Because you were in the, the Babe. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Babe, man. My agent says, uh, look, they're going to cut your hair, cut your pay. You're only in four scenes, and they're all baseball. I'm <laughs> like, but I'm in the majors. Don't you get it? I mean, it didn't look like I was going to make it. But I'm in it. I'm in the majors. You know, I'm pitching in the 33 World Series. Right. You know, I was semi-pro, you know, uh, for everything. Uh, but uh, I'm pitching at Wrigley Field in the 1933 World Series to Babe Ruth. He takes me deep, but I'm there, you know. And uh, it, uh, they're going to cut your pay and all that, you know, but I still went. You know, I mean, to pitch in Wrigley Field is just, you know, once they say action, it is 1933. Right. And when Riz, Rizzo, the first baseman for the Cubs, when they won the, yeah, you know, won it all. This is for everyone that's ever worn the jersey. I'm like, all right, yeah, that's you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I yeah. like it. You know, uh, it was it was great. John Goodman, I thought he should have won the Oscar. He didn't get nominated. I mean, the way he learned to trot. He's a right-handed batter. He learned to hit left-handed, just like Babe Ruth. Right. Babe Ruth was a man that was loved by millions but he had no love at all you know personally yeah and i thought it was a great movie yeah i enjoyed it and, you know i'm being a yankee fan you know i definitely definitely enjoyed it but i grew yeah. up a yankee fan i did oh good you, you still follow the sport yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. who do you much. Some, too much some people say yeah <laughs> yeah who do you follow report now sport. Uh, who do I root for now? Yeah. You know, I've been out in L.A., you know, the Dodgers and the Yankees, you know, the Saints, uh, the Crimson Tide. Oh, yeah. Tide uh, you know, my father says, you have more useless information than anyone in my, that I know. Right. Because that, that guy right there, you can tell me what size his jock strap is. I'm like, <laughs> Well, that guy's a defensive tackle. He's probably a four X or something. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. How far out are the Cubs uh, in the race for the pennant? He's like the what? Right. <laughs> like, yeah, they're uh, yeah. It looks like they're gonna break up the team again. The Cubs. They are. I mean, I think they're looking to trade Chris Bryant, which I don't know why. Oh. God, why would you do that? Yeah, I know. I guess. I know. It's I don't know why you, man, you must have a badass coming up or something. You don't get rid of the MVP. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, you know, being a Yankee fan, I'm, I'm just trying to get some more pitching because that's what killed him this past year. 
Yeah. And, uh, did, uh, what's his name, Stanton? Did he come out of it? And hit? How many home runs did he have last year? He had, like, I think he, like, in the upper 30s. I mean, he so started he, off, like, 38 maybe, I think. But he started off slow, and then he heated up. And then he was off on the playoffs, and everyone got on him. You know, uh, so is he still with him? Oh, yeah. I, mean, he's, I think he's got another, what, nine, ten years on his contract with him. So he'll be there. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. For, for, for better or for worse. <laughs> I mean, with that right field porch, you know, the judge. Oh, yeah. They, they should be dynamic. I, they really yeah. were. Yeah. Problem is now is, like, they're all right-handed hitters. They have to get a couple left-handed hitters. Yeah. Uh, what was the, uh, the center fielder for a long time? He played for the Mets and also uh, the Yankees. He was a little fast oh. guy. Oh, uh, uh, Curtis Granderson. Who? Uh, Curtis Granderson? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he reached that, that short porch right field. I mean, he was, was a perfect thing for him. It's like Boston. I think it's unfair. You know, the home run is yeah, exactly. 15 feet, you know. Yeah. You just get it up in the air. That's an out in most, you know, most fields. Yeah, exactly. You just get a lot of doubles off that wall as well. <laughs> yeah. 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 Have you been to the Fenway? No, I've never been. You know? Oh wow, okay. Yeah, even like I'm a Yankee fan, I hate the Red Sox, but it's it's an experience to go there. That ballpark is is, is amazing. It really yeah, is. That's what I heard, you know. I that's how I felt like Wrigley Field, you know. Oh yeah, that's yeah, you know, it's like but yeah, with the with the wall there, I mean all the history and the passionate fans, you know. Yeah. You gotta give they it are. to them. Yeah, absolutely. Not anymore. They they've won enough in the last few years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, they won it this year. Damn it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. So again, back to your career a little bit. I um, also watched Three O'clock High recently. Um, uh, what was? Yeah, awesome movie. You, you were great. What was like the audition process for that movie? You know, uh, Three O'clock High was my first movie. Right. And uh, I was driving on. I had a, a truck with no roof on it and a, with a sofa in the back of it. And if you laid down the tailgate, the sofa would be level. And uh, I had a barbecue grill. Right. And uh, I was living in that. And I drove in the first time at Universal. I had an audition from an agent. And uh, when I got to the gate, they thought I was going to work on something. You know? <laughs> right. Do some maintenance or something. Anyway, I go all the way to the back lot, and it's it's uh it's uh I go in, you know, and uh it's Spielberg's place, you know. He's got right. a, a ranch style place back there, and I I remember when I first saw the, on the porch and the, when I first got out of the truck, it said movies while you wait and wait. And getting smaller and smaller. It goes, wait and wait and wait. I'm like, what the hell does that mean? You know, I know what it means now. <laughs> if you're on the set, it takes forever. But I had 15 callbacks. Wow. 15. And you know what? When I was inside uh, the uh, the gate at Universal Studios, um, I, I would hide uh, after the audition because I felt safe in there. Right. Know? So... So I would hide the truck and everything just to stay overnight and not have to go up to Malibu Canyon or something to kick back. And uh, they caught me like seven out of 15 times, you know, by the, by the end of like, hey, I said, I work with Steven Spielberg. Well, not yet. You know, yeah. Not yet, you know, but um, the best acting I did was leaving audition like I was going to jump in my Porsche and, and cruise back to Malibu, my home. Once I got in my truck, I was home, you know. Right. <laughs> no, but all of a sudden, I, I got the role, and uh, they were trying to get Jerry Mitchell first to pair him off with somebody, and okay. and I got an offer on another role. And uh, so they didn't want to lose me, and so they cast me. They They took me to New York. I called all my friends from Cornell. They were down in the city hoping to do, you know, plays and stuff. And uh, I said, Spielberg, he, he flew me. I'm, 
I'm here at the what's the fancy hotel uh, in, uh, in in New uh, York? Yeah, New York City. Uh, the, uh, the Waldorf Astoria. Yeah, it's one of those. Right. Uh, it's a classic old hotel. I said, Spielberg Fleming in New York, and I'm here at the. Uh, damn it! I thought it would. Hmm. That's what he just said. Uh, shoot, I can't remember. That's a. Plaza? Plaza. It's a plaza. That's okay. what Yeah. And so I, all my friends from Cornell, they were uh, at working at the same restaurant, you know. So they came over. I said, Spielberg, Fleming, come over. You know, and I started to tell the story to them. And my friend finished the story. Apparently, I told him how I was going to do it, and then, then it came true. True, and uh, they, they finished the story for me. You know? um, and at 3 o'clock high, uh, I get it all the time. People walk up. About 50-year-old, 40-year-old guys walk right. up behind, behind me. You know, you can't touch Buddy Ravel. <laughs> and this guy, I was at a gala. I've never been to a gala. I took a picture by the sign that said gala. Right. Um, and uh, I'm standing uh, at the after party at the Roosevelt Hotel. This guy walks up behind me. He goes, Buddy Ravel. <laughs> and I'm like, why are you standing so close? <laughs> they're like, oh, sorry. Sorry about that. Yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. But, uh. I get it all the time, these guys. Uh, I get stopped at 3 o'clock high probably, you know, just as much as kindergarten cop or whatever. Um, but th- I was at a dinner one time in Santa Monica at Shea Jays. It's across from the, uh, the Santa Monica Pier. And this guy leans in. It's very informal. He leans in. He goes, right. Buddy Ravel. <laughs> and I turn around and say, why are you so... Standing so close, I'm trying to eat, you know. And <laughs> I turn around, and it's it was my birthday. I turn around, and it's Sean Penn. Oh wow! I'm like, wow! I said, the girl, I said, what? But did you set this up? No, right. I had no idea, you know. Uh, so I don't think uh, Sean knew my real name, but you know, the character, you know, it was great. So, oh, that's so funny. Yeah. So, what do you think Buddy's doing these days? If you had to guess. You know what? Uh, we were talking about doing a, a postcard from Buddy Ravel. We we shot some of it at this high school in Santa right. Monica. Uh, but he's been gone for 20 years, or he's uh, been in jail, or he's been in the military. That's right. what I like. He, he was in the military, and he comes back, and in our little short, it was uh, he comes back, and he and now Jerry Mitchell was the president. Uh, I mean, the principal, <laughs> and it's like. I've never forgotten that day, Gary. I'll be back. I'm going to be at the, you know, in the parking lot tomorrow right. at, at three o'clock, and, and we show him there at three o'clock, at six o'clock, at dusk, and then <laughs> at, at midnight he's still standing there. So I don't know. Right. I always thought he'd he'd be like a math teacher. <laughs> he'd be what? Uh, a math teacher. <laughs> A math teacher. That's right, because he's good at math. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. They, they got him all right. Exactly. Yeah. Every, every, every kid would turn in their homework if he was a teacher. <laughs> the, uh, you know, it came to a point where, where, uh, a buddy revealed, you know, he's, they're sitting in the principal's office and he does the, the math, you know, and then I had to give the chalk. To the teacher, but if right. he touches my finger, Buddy Ravel's finger, he knocks him out. Yeah. <laughs> and so I said, "What if I just toss it to him?" They go, "Yes, great, yes, do that." <laughs> like, so he finishes up and he throws the chalk over at the principal. You know, yeah. Gets yeah. out. Right. But yep. Thank you. And after or before the fight, you punch out the principal, you punch out Duke, and the next day you're still at school. You didn't get suspended. You didn't get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was student council president. I wasn't Buddy Ravel in right. the real school world. Yeah. But, um, that that Buddy Ravel, my, I got four brothers. They said, uh, you'll never make a better movie. I'm like, that's thank you. It's my first one. <laughs> it's all downhill. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's 
like, you know, when Sean Connery passes, they'll go 007 died today. Right. And all the great people that played 007 since then, but, and I'm afraid, you know, with all the movies, I've done 142 or something now. Uh, when I pass, they're going to say Buddy Ravel died today. I yeah, think. right. <laughs> I don't It's kind of morbid. Sorry. Yeah, but I mean, you got plenty of time to worry about that, but at least you'll be remembered. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. You got plenty yeah. of time. Good. Yeah. Yeah, there's no rush here. There's no rush. <laughs> yeah. But do you think, like, the like portrayal of, like, Buddy Ravel helped you land the role of Crisp in uh, Kindergarten Cop? You know, um, maybe the experience or something. Uh, I don't I don't think it's directly uh, right. involved. Uh, it's weird. Uh, when I was first out in L.A., uh, you know, with $100 on the bus, I broke into every studio. <laughs> Every one of them in a different way. The first day, I sneaked into MGM, and uh, the back lot at, uh, at Warner Brothers, like Gate Seven or something, there's an ivy wall that goes all the way to, you know, where the the cars pull in and out. Uh, you know, they got the security gate there. You know, uh, if you start running really fast, like the 50 yards, you turn the corner, and if they're if they're taking care of a car going in. No one's watching anyone going out, and you can run through and all the way into the – and I did that the first take. I, I, I ran, and the guy had nothing to do. He was smoking a cigarette, and he looked at me as I came around the corner, and so I stopped and ran back. <laughs> and now I'm, I'm, I'm going again. I'm going again. I got it all fired up. Coming around, I come around the corner, and the guy's taking care of the car coming in. He never saw me, and I went – 300 yards into the into the studio, and I went to a building to calm down, and I was under a desk, uh, under a table by a desk, and and I was like just trying to breathe. And uh, seven years later, because I left to go back to school and stuff, seven years later, I got kindergarten cop in that very room where I was hiding under the table. Oh wow! <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. What, what was um, the experience of shooting that movie like? Oh, it was fantastic. I remember Ivan Ryden, he was, right, he was yeah. great. We were supposed to do other things, but uh, he was, uh, he goes, uh, I said, my job as an actor is to make choices. Your job is to, is to throw them out. <laughs> <laughs> I had this acting coach. Uh, he goes, uh, at Cornell, and says, uh, look, your 28th choice is the one that is magic. I'm like, 28? <laughs> so Ivan Reitman, we're lighting the, just the hallway. I'm running with the kids. He says, would you hurry and light this bastard before, you know, Tyson makes another choice? I'm like, look, I don't feel bad if you throw him out, but I'm going to come up with the next one, you know. It's like a kindergarten cop uh, in it. Uh, I, I said, Ivan, I want to sing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star when I get the kid in, you know, into the nurse's station. And I'm right there. I'm trying to tell him that I'm his father. And he goes, you're the bad guy. Don't do not do that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no, I think it'd be great if I grabbed his hands to see we have the same hands. And I just yeah. tap my face. And he's like, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so I did three takes without doing it. The third time I grabbed the kid, I said, don't you see? I'm your father, Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. <laughs> and he goes, cut, you had to do it, didn't you? <laughs> but it made the movie. Yeah, it, it did. Yeah. Movie, <laughs> you know, so, so you got to take a chance every now and then, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, like, which, like, who, like, has or had the biggest impact on your career? Uh, besides my parents. Yeah. I won the lottery with my parents. That's great. My mother taught me how to love. My father taught me everything else that I should know. Uh, uh, the impact, you know, I mean, like, uh, Brando, I was always a fan of his. Uh, right. I knew I would do the play. You know, I do Shakespeare and, uh, and uh, you know, American classics at the uh, Wheel Gear Theatricum Botanicum in Topanga Canyon. Wheel <laughs> Gear was Grandpa Walton. Do you remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, he was blacklisted in the 50s, and him and John Houseman uh, said, well, okay, we don't want us to do movies. We'll do um, Shakespeare and uh, American classics up in Topanga Canyon, and I've been up there 25, over 25 years uh, doing different things, uh, including uh, Streetcar Named Desire. I would never see Streetcar Named Desire as Brando's version okay. because I knew I would do it one day. Right. And I'm Either. from the South, and I should know Tennessee Williams, and I don't need choices made by someone that was playing Stanley from Pittsburgh, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm like, um, so I didn't see it until I got the role and, and I did the play, and then I saw it, you know, closing night. I saw Brando, you know? So um, I'm glad I did it like that because he had choices. You know, um, Pittsburgh, all the way up the Mississippi River, you can figure out how to get to Pittsburgh. Well, I said, there was an anchor. You always look for an anchor in a script, you know, like like uh, in Streetcar. It hit me like two days before opening. It says, be comfortable. That's our motto up where I come from. I'm like, up from New Orleans. So where is that? Let me start, put my finger on the on the port city and go up the Mississippi River, and I stopped at Baton Rouge. I said, okay, that's, that's north of New <laughs> Orleans. It's north of New Orleans, at least. And all of a sudden, I had this, I had this accent, man. I, you know, oh, oh, yeah. You know, and it, it changed everything. And two days before, I was going to do my signature dish. I, uh, I changed everything, and it was, they gave us the, you know, the, you know, the L.A. Times Actor of the Year in the theater in L.A. And they they asked, uh, remember the interview on, on the set, uh, if you ever get to Topanga, it's an outdoor theater, the wheelchair, <laughs> the Atricum Botanicum. It's right. just a marvelous place. And we did the interview up on the, on, on the, uh, on the stage. They go, what's your hobby? I said, this. Said, what? <laughs> I said, you know, you put a hobby, you put too much time and a lot of money uh, into a hobby, like golf or something. I said, this is this is my hobby. Right. He said, no, this is your craft. I said, no, I put too much time and no money. <laughs> you know, they don't pay you much. Uh, and you do it for the love, you know, like any hobby, I guess. You ever try uh, thinking about doing Broadway? I would love to do it. In fact, I did Kill a Mockingbird on the same stage uh, two, three years ago. And uh, I'm from, uh, what's what's the girl who wrote it? Uh, I'm from Mobile County, and she is also. Harper uh, Lee? Harper Lee, yeah. yeah. Now, her manager in New York City, uh, I think changed, when he read her first edition, it's like, uh, look, uh, why don't you go back to when, you know, when Scout was a child, you know, and the idyllic rem- memories of what she had when she was a child. You know, she came out with a controversial new transcript, you know, when she was dying, the, the estate. Right. I think it was for money and all, but it was never intended to be out there. Uh, she wrote one thing, and... She did it because of the uh, the editor up in New York City suggested that, you know, instead of being, she was disappointed when she came back and thought her father was involved in, you know, in the wrong kind of politics and everyone, everyone debated it. Well, it, you know, it came out, that transcript came out uh, when we were on stage and so we were the only people in the United States doing it at the time and so had to defend Atticus Finch. Like, right. first of all, it's fiction, all right? <laughs> <laughs> and Atticus is not a real person, you know. But uh, I I heard they were doing it in New York, and it never opened, I think. Uh, they, had, they had an actor uh, that played a network, you know, network. Oh, yeah. What's the guy, the lead guy in there? I mean, he was in a Fairly Brothers movie, Dumb and Dumber. Oh, uh, 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 Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels? Jeff Daniels. That's it. 
Yeah, that's him. And I heard he was doing it in New York, and I was like, shoot, man, if I could just get a shot up there, I just, I never did. I don't know if they're still in previews. You know, they do previews forever and ever and ever until yeah. they get it right. And I don't think it ever actually opened. Uh, but I did the play, and I felt, you know, like I was, I could, improv any time I wanted to because I'm from a lawyer family in Mobile County as as she is too you know and they my father knew her father and uh and uh he was a bit older but um I felt like I could say anything if if the impulse hit me and the stage manager would bring me two and a half pages after every (laughs) after every (laughs) performance and go this wasn't in the play you know hand me two and a half sheets stuff it was just little moments, you know, and and the people loved it, you know, and I and I loved doing it. It was great. Right. Yeah. Do you think, um, like, with your movie career, that you've kind of been typecasted a little bit? You know what? I always say, uh, since Kindergarten Cop, um, I've been the creature in every movie. You know. Right. <laughs> My friends go, you're either dead or in jail by the end of every movie you do. I'm like, shut the <laughs> hell up, man. <laughs> yes. uh, but, you know, uh, tight casting is better than no casting. True. Yeah, true. You know, uh, but it's fun and it's great. You know, my father said, that acting sure beats working, son. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, and you. Yeah, you mentioned the Fairley Brothers a little bit, and you've done three of their movies. Um, how did you uh, How did you meet them? You know, I just met them in Santa Monica. We were playing basketball, and uh, then played golf a couple of times. And uh, I, I'm not sure how they decided on me for the role, but right. uh, I'm glad they did. Yeah, because they, they use a lot of uh, the same actors in their movies. Oh, yeah, they do. They're very loyal, you know, all their friends uh, that never thought they'd ever be in a movie, and now they're working for them, and those guys are great. Those guys are great. Yeah, and, like, yeah, there's, like, something about Mary is, like, because there hasn't really been, like, too many good comedies, and I think in the last, like, 20 years, and that's, like, one of the best comedies ever. I, You know, I went uh, to opening night, uh... And I went two more nights because I just wanted to hear the audience get it, you know. Right, yeah. I mean, it burst out, you know. You could just wait for it, wait, bam, you know. <laughs> you know, they drew a line, and then they crossed over it, you know. Yeah. And uh, the funny thing is, funny thing is, uh, they, uh, excuse me, uh, funny thing is, they, you know, where they hand you a trinket on the way into a, the opening of a movie. Right. Uh, they always give you a little, you know, like, oh, it's meaningless little yeah. gift. And you carry it in, you know. And you can't really see what it is because it's a theater. And then as you walk out, you can pull it out and look at it. And when I did, after watching something about Mary... It was hair gel. They gave us, <laughs> they gave us all hair gel, <laughs> which we know what it is. Yeah, exactly. A canister of right. hair gel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, Bud Stiller. That made him, and also, uh, uh, yeah, Cameron Diaz. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It made both of them. I mean. Uh, it, it was so funny, Ben Stiller. He came up to me in our, you know, in our scene, and uh, he knew I was supposed to interrogate him. <laughs> but I think he might have, you know, done some research. I always play the hard ass guy, Richard Tyson. Right. You know, and he yeah. comes up to me, he goes, "Are you Richard Tyson?" I'm like, "Who are you?" Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ben Stiller, the lead. I'm like, I'm like a uh, bully. He goes, oh, well, uh, look, uh, he goes, look, at the end of the scene, I said, well, I'm supposed to fuck you up. <laughs> he goes, well, you know, I don't know. Uh, he says, you want to work something out? I looked over at Bobby Farrelly and winked at him. He goes, all right, everyone to one. Let's go. Let's go. First rehearsal. <laughs> and I didn't know what I was going to do, you know. Right. And uh, 
So I finally get all the way through the scene, and he's being a smart ass. I said, you son of a bitch, you're going to fry. And I reach over, I grab him by the ears. Yeah. And then I stop, and I, I yell out to the uh, video village where the directors are. I say, what's funnier, Bobby? If I slam his head three times or four times, he goes, what do you think, Bama? I'm like, the more the merrier. And I start to do it. And Ben jumps up and goes, all right, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> he ran around to Ben. Ben, wait, we discovered it. We're not going to hurt you. I, I have a master's from Cornell. And Cornell, for uh, people in Manhattan, that everything's okay if you were right. to you know. And we worked it out. I said, look, my hand. You're going to actually be slamming your own head on the table unless I get a little emotional, you know, but I'm I'm riding, you know, and yeah. uh, uh, he sold it. He was great, man. He was so funny, man. Uh, he, he was a great guy to me. Yeah, yeah, that, that scene is epic. But I want to go back to Three Black Five for one second. The, the fight scene, did you guys use um, stunt doubles or was that all you and Casey? Pretty much us, you know. Okay. Uh, I guess I had a double there, but I never saw him much. And uh, right. sorry if he hears about this, but <laughs> you know we could we could do a, a fight at three o'clock. You know we were able to do it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah so you know we pretty much did the thing. Uh, the uh, the guys, the stunt coordinator, his name was Buddy. <laughs> yeah. And he had uh, worked on movies like uh, with. Uh, Rock Hudson and uh, James Dean, uh, you know, the Texas Oil movie uh, back in the day. Uh, but he had so, so many things. That I think that was his last movie that he was doing with me. Right. And, uh, uh, he gave me the confidence, you know, and just, well, you can do this. Come on, you can do it. You know, and uh, I don't remember his last name. I'm sure it's in the credits, but. Um, he worked with all the big ones. John Wayne, he, he was his double for a while. Uh, but, I mean, all the encouragement, the crew, and everybody. Uh, you know, like I said, I was living in my truck. Yeah. And uh, when we landed in Burbank after the movie, oh, they had to have, I'm living in my truck, and all of a sudden I needed bodyguards, you know, up where we were <laughs> shooting in, in Utah. I'm like, I'm homeless. <laughs> You know, uh, but when we got back, uh, they dropped the limo, dropped me off at the truck. Says, Enjoy it. See you later. And I, I said, let me see if the key works. And, yeah. and, I, and I swept in my front seat that night. It's crazy. What, yeah. what was the question? Oh no, you you, you answered it. You the, 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 the doubles for for uh, the movie. But like one movie that you weren't like a, a creature um, was Black Hawk Down, which probably one of the best war movies in the last 25 years. That and Giving Private Ryan and that cast. There's so many like you discover a new cast member every day. I mean, like Tom Hardy was in it, Owen McGregor. Yeah. There's so many different people. Uh, Jamie Lannister from uh, yeah, Tom Sizemore, um, you know, Josh Harnett, and, and all those guys. Um, how much? Yeah, Rich Tyson. <laughs> How much of like the backstory did you know about that before filming it? Yeah, you know, I I was aware of the event, but I didn't really know it, and I was the last one cast. Okay. Uh, and so everyone else went to uh, uh, boot camp. Right. And I missed that. And Good. it was okay because I went to Annapolis right out of high school, and I had plead summer, and that's boot camp, and uh, so I was in the Navy. For a, a bit, right, and uh, and we went to it. You know, we went to Morocco for five months. Wow, five months, fifty actors in the Hilton. <laughs> oh my God! You know, um, I said I'm not in it that much. Well, you know, uh, I was on a, a, a weekly contract. Okay, everybody else was on the run of the picture, so. The longer you're there, the less you got each week, you know, because right. uh, once you get toward the, well, mine was a, a weekly, and I had a seven-week deal. Well, they didn't get Blackhawks into Morocco until the 12th week. Oh, wow. So I'm in overtime already, and I yeah. ended up being there for four and a half months, 
It was a, uh, it was fantastic. Everything that I've ever done in the movies is shown in Morocco. I'm like Bruce Willis over there. <laughs> yeah. I swear to God. I mean, right. I was mobbed going down the street. Yeah. <laughs> My friends, we just, we figured out a way to uh, clear the crowd. If we wanted to go in one place, you just put your hands over your mouth. You go, back away from the actor. You know, <laughs> and they all did for a second. We were able to right. move around. I love Morocco. Yeah. And you mentioned um, Entourage before. Jeremy Piven was also in the movie as well. <laughs> yeah, he was yeah. great. Yeah, I'm a big fan of his. You know? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Nice guy, too. You know, uh, I think he was hanging with the king more than most of us. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, who, who did he get like close to when you were shooting that movie? Because there were so many different actors. Uh, some of the guys uh, that you might not know... Uh, we were flying the uh, flying the Blackhawks, the pilots, you know, like okay. Jeremy Pivot. Right. But, uh, you know, I've got uh, numerous, numerous guys I run into, you know, and it's like family, you know, when I see them. Yeah. Um, if you show me a list of the names, I could pick them out, but I can't remember all the names. Yeah. I mean, cause, like, was it uh, Sam Shepard, uh, Eric Banya? Uh, oh yeah, both yeah. of those guys. Uh, right. Manuel was right down the hallway from me. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Sam Shepard. I mean, idyllic. He was just a, the ideal, not idyllic, but yeah. He, uh, I I helped him in a situation uh, in the lobby. Somebody had him in a in a, in a neck. Guy had him by the neck and right. lock, you know, and uh, I was able to helping get out of it. You know what it was? I walked up. There was like 30 people around. And this guy had Sam Shepard in a headlock. And I could <laughs> tell the other guy was laughing, you know, and, and Sam right. wasn't. And I did this. I went, back away from the Pulitzer. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy let go and looked up. And Sam got away. Right. <laughs> and uh, and I go up to my room. The phone's ringing. Hello, it's Sam Shepard. He goes, you want to play golf now? I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, we played for two days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we played for two days. It was great, man. Yeah, it was fantastic. That's awesome. That's awesome. But yeah. I'm going to you about one more role. Um, this movie was kind of controversial. Uh, Battlefield Earth. Do you think that movie ever had a chance? No, I don't. Uh, who's the author? Uh, uh, L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah, everyone thought it was subliminal messages, you know, right. with the with the the books he came out with and the religion he invented. Uh, everyone thought that, oh, there's a message in there. If you go see it, you're going to be turned or something, you know. Right. And, uh, yeah. I I finally saw the movie. It was okay. It was great, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was totally blanketed as wrong, 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 you know. And yeah. Like Travolta said, uh, the worst reviews we ever had, you know, and uh, – you know, it was before the time that we could make big robots move fast, you know. Right. We have the technology now where, you know, you're slamming people through buildings and they're okay. Yeah. Well, back then, uh, it was like two years early. If they made it two years after that, well, they would have had the technology to make the big 10-foot guys uh, fast and, and actually more threatening than they seem to uh, when they just – had to pace along instead of, uh, you know, having the dexterity to move fast and, and right. swing hard, you know. So, you know, we were in Montreal. It was great. Six weeks, Montreal. And uh, during the summertime, it's a beautiful place. I recommend it in the summer. Yeah, yeah exactly. Definitely not the winter. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I've been to Toronto, been to Ottawa, never, never been to Niagara Falls. I, I've never been to Montreal, and it's not it's like six hours from New York City, so I got to yeah. try it someday. Yeah, yeah, it's easy, you know. But yeah, I'd never had either, you know. And I was at Cornell, which is even closer, I think. You know. Yeah. But, yeah, like the the beauty of going to college from Buffalo was like the drinking age in Canada is nineteen, so we're like twenty minutes from there. So I never had a fake ID. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. 
Yeah, but Richard, this is this is great. Thank you for a few minutes today. I really appreciate it, and good good luck with Bama PI. Hopefully, it works out. Well, thank you. If you look around, we have several movies that are on on demand and stuff. Uh, one's called Betrayed, another's called you know Death Wish, like you saw. Death Kiss. Death Kiss, yeah. <laughs> There's a thing called Rusty Tulock, and we're we're always uh we did uh Betrayed. Uh, with a production company that Sony saw betrayed and they wanted, they 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 picked it up, right. so they'll distribute it. But the second movie we made with this production company in in Detroit uh, is called Abeyance, and uh, okay. they might change the title, but you watch for that. I think I've done some of the best work I've done, in, I mean, in a long time. I, I really hope uh, I have high hopes for this one. Sony wants first look at it, so I'm like, great, that's awesome. So, oh, good. Yeah, actually, yeah. Well, one more question. Like a lot of the movies, obviously, you know, on you know, video on demand and the streaming services. How do you think that's like helped, like, like your career and other actors' career? Well, you know what? Uh, all these big budgeted movies, you know, they're comic books. I think we have real stories. Uh, you know, uh, when you do independence, and and I love it. You know, I'll, I'll go from one to another. Just uh, just for the content or just to keep it going, you know, just right. to, you know, uh, and you get to play things that you wouldn't normally get to play if it was a, you know, a big $150 million budget, like I called down, you know, um, I just, I think the independent movie, uh, a lot of people are making movies and not getting them sold, you know, that's, it's yeah. flooding the market, but right. at, at the same time, you get real stories and real people and, uh, there's a lot of hardworking uh, crew members and, and actors out there that uh, don't get as much credit as they should. Yeah, well, you you deserve all the credit you get because you, you've been great all these years and uh, nothing but the best going forward. Richard, thank you so much. Thanks a lot, brother. And a special thanks to Richard for joining me today. If you have a guest suggestion, hit me up on Twitter at TheFirstNoel19. The page on Facebook is Reliving My Youth. Go to iTunes, check out all the past episodes we've had. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Don't have iTunes? Not a problem. The show is on Podbean. It's also on SoundCloud and Spotify. On Spotify, just search Reliving My Youth, all one word. Valentine's Day is quickly coming up. Go to tpublic.com for all your Reliving My Youth merchandise. They make great gifts. A new episode of the show comes out every Wednesday. And once again, thank you so much for making the past now 100 episodes a success. Here's to the next 100. We'll see you next week.